0: Welcome to the game of crowdfunding interview edition that's right we've got another interview today and we are doing this via google hangouts something that we don't use that often but uh, every once in a while we get multiple people that want to have a conversation so we fire up google hangouts and who am i talking to today
1: Hi, I'm John Dunn, publisher with Melior Via. Uh, The project we've currently got up on
2: Kickstarter is Accursed, an RPG setting for Savage Worlds. And I'm Ross Watson. I am the lead developer of Accursed, and I'm excited to be uh, here on your show. Thank you very much.
0: Well, thanks for joining me, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Usually, let's see, I've primarily talked to uh, people that have done board games and card games. I've talked to one individual that has done RPG maps. And I've done one RPG video game. So now we get to come full circle and do an actual tabletop RPG. So that'll be a lot of fun. So let's start off with how about a full, uh, what's your full time job? What do you do for a living besides make RPGs? So this is John
1: again. I am actually a medical researcher. I do cystic fibrosis research by day. You know, then in the evenings, I basically do freelance writing for a number of different role-playing game companies, as well as work on publishing Melior via his own games.
2: And I am basically a full-time game designer. Um, I am also a consultant for narrative design development and IP management with various uh, companies.
0: John, let's start with you a little bit. What made you decide that you wanted to do a publishing company?
1: Well, I've been doing game design for a long time basically started doing game writing back in the early 90s mostly uh, on a semi-pro basis and then moved into more professional work in the you know around 2005 or so and at that time after doing some work for a number of different companies I came to the decision that I wanted to have a little more control of some of the project I wanted to develop some of my own ideas essentially and it's a lot easier in my experience to self-publish things now than it was even 10 years ago. So it seemed like just the best way to do things was to take the lessons I'd learned as a freelancer and to self-publish some things using all the digital tools that were available and that I'd had an opportunity to learn from. And when, uh, as Kickstarter started to evolve, that seemed like a real tool to be able to expand the possibilities out there.
0: And Ross, when were you able to, uh, Call yourself a full-time game developer. When did you realize that dream?
2: <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Um, after I got out of the Army, I uh, was going to college in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And I, I really just got very fortunate because I was in a gaming group with uh, a gentleman named uh, Dave Mattingly, who is the founder of a game company called Blackworm Games. And at that time, Dave knew of people who were involved in the D20 boom of the early 2000s. And it was a company called Citizen Games, and they were looking for a D20 line developer. I happened to be a dedicated player of D20 at the time. So I I threw my hat in the ring, and I got very lucky and got hired on with Citizen Games. And we made several books, and I just kind of was able to use that as a stepping stone to many other projects down the line.
0: Is the dream everything we all dream of? Is it everything that we uh, think of it as being for a full-time game designer?
2: Well, if you if you think of it as being, you know, a lot of poverty and desperation, then yes, it is.
0: <laughs> um.
2: For real, game development, uh, full-time game development is a lot of fun. It is uh, a really interesting and, and rewarding, I would say, profession. And I again, I've been very, very fortunate because I've been able to work for some very big companies along the way, like Fantasy Flight Games, Games Workshop, and uh, e- even into video games. So I wouldn't say I'm like a typical RPG game developer at all, but I, I do have... I do really feel like I've been very fortunate in my career.
0: So, John, do you uh focus primarily on RPGs or do you have other gaming products as well?
1: Uh no, I'm pretty much purely role-playing game materials. Okay. Um Lirvia is almost exclusively role-playing games and pretty much all of my freelance is role-playing games. So, I've worked with a number of companies that do other things. That's uh really my central focus.
0: Okay, so uh, how are you finding uh, the balance then? From you know working full time, you know by day, and then keeping a company, an RPG company, going in the evening. How's how's that balance striking for you?
1: Well, one important issue is Via is very small. Um, mm-hmm. We have the Hope Prep line of products out there already for both Icons and Mutants and Masterminds, and then we have a Cursed in development. So we don't have a broad and deep Product line, So that makes things a little bit more manageable. And the other element is I don't really sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose that would be true. I've been there. I actually am a, or I used to play Mutants and Masterminds. And by used to, I just mean uh, I don't have as much time for RPGs as I wish I did. <laughs> what did you have out for Mutants and Masterminds already? Uh, yeah, it's for Mutants and Masterminds. Third
1: edition came out about two years ago. Two and a half years ago. Uh, Hope Preparatory School. It's a superhero high, high school
0: setting. Oh, nice. Now, and, see, now, now I have something I have to look for when we get done here.
2: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Happy to help you with that. No, superhero I, high school superhero stuff is like one of my favorite genres of, of that particular type of game. And uh, John's Hope Prep stuff is, is actually really, really good. Um, I've studied almost every book that's ever come out for high school superheroes. And I can say with authority that Hope Prep is is one of the, the better entries in that uh, category.
0: I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Like I said, I started playing Mutants and Masterminds and kind of didn't look back. I, I kind of went through a progression where it was like, you know, D&D, of course, you know, everybody sort of starts off there. And then uh, the my, granddaddy. Yeah. And then my group kind of moved off into some other things. And then we started playing things like Heroes Unlimited and, and you know, Shadowrun. And eventually I got into Mutants and Masterminds and, and enjoyed my ride there until I didn't have much of a group left, uh, but I still have all the books and I still collect things. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go check that out. I'm going to have to add that to my collection. Terrific. (laughs) All right. So uh, how did Accursed start coming into your scope?
2: Well, it's an interesting story, really. I was working with the clients on a few other projects, and one of the questions they asked me was, what would you imagine as a good idea for a dark fantasy RPG? And at the time, I didn't really have much of an answer because – the fantasy RPG is, is side is pretty um, saturated with different types of, of fantasy games, and it wasn't until I really, you know, put my mind to it and, and, and took a few weeks to, to think it over that I, I think I found something that was really interesting and unusual in, as an idea for dark fantasy. It was inspired by things like Hellboy and the Creature Commandos. In my idea, I had the thought that you could play as monsters the classic monsters like vampires and werewolves and frankenstein's monster teaming up together to fight evil and i thought you know that would be a really cool idea to do to do something with that for dark fantasy and i started looking at other touchstones things like solomon kane and castlevania and ravenloft and i said to myself yeah if you combine all these things together i think you'd have something really really cool and I will say unique, but definitely different than most of the other offerings that are out there for uh, fantasy RPGs. And the thing is, uh, I'd worked with uh, John and the other guy, uh, the third leg of our tripod is uh, Jason Marker, who unfortunately can't be with us tonight. And I'd worked with John and Jason several several times during my uh, my tenure at Fantasy Flight Games. And these guys uh, had always struck me as, as being ex- exceptionally creative, exceptionally talented. They were able to take and develop worlds and ideas and settings and and bring them out in new and in really interesting ways and i i always wanted to work with them on something that we could all kind of take ownership together so when i brought them the idea for A cursed, i said this is the thing that i think we've been waiting for and i was very very flattered to to find out that they did agree and they all said yes this is the thing that we all you know we can we can be passionate about this we can come on board full full steam 100 percent behind this and so we took A cursed and we started building it and it was uh it's been an extremely rewarding experience so far.
0: You kind of took the thunder out of one of my next questions. Well, <laughs> I was sorry actually, about
2: that. No, one great. of the other
1: things that's worth mentioning at that point is, you know, this conversation really started out kind of at Gen Con last, so 2012, where Jason and Ross and I were kind of sitting at the bar over beers going, yeah, we really want to do something together. And we really want to do something that's our own IP. Because at that point... You know, we had worked on a lot of Warhammer stuff together. We had all had a lot of experience working on Shadowrun. He had and we were starting to work on Star Wars together. And we were like, Yeah, this is great to be working on these fantastic licensed properties, but it'd be really cool to have something of our own. So when Ross proposed it, it was really cool that we all got a chance to say, yes, here's something where we can really sink our teeth into. And it's, you know, kind of the archetypical story of the guy sitting around at the bar talking about, yeah, we really need to do something. This just happens to be one of those instances where uh, something actually came of it.
2: Yeah, it's 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 actually really scary from a standpoint of a creator to to take something of your own. And say, I'm going to share this with other people. I'm going to allow them into my world. I'm going to allow them to take pieces of that and, and make it their their own. It's something that is something I, I, I always wanted to try. And it wasn't really, there's not too many people I trust with that kind of control over things that, that, that I feel really strongly about, like a curse. John and Jason are two of those people who absolutely have my trust. And it's it's been rewarded greatly because those guys have taken the parts of my idea that are, are the foundation of accursed and they've taken it in these amazing new directions and the final product is is way better than i could have done on my own
0: before you joined back in ross uh john and i were uh, talking a little bit and i had mentioned to him that because you know, i refreshed myself with the uh, kickstarter video and stuff today because it actually john you and i set this up a while ago uh, oh
1: yeah. Well before the Kickstarter. Launched. Yeah.
0: Which thank you, by the way. <laughs> so, thank so, you. so many people contact me at, way after. <laughs> and, uh, can we have, can we do this yesterday? Well, not really. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate that. You know, so I refreshed myself and I was just saying, I was like, this is a really cool idea. I really like the idea behind Accursed. I, I like the approach you're taking on it and it really it captured me again watching the video again and kind of scrolling through the kickstarter page so i think you've got a really you you said you didn't want to say unique i'll say it i think you got a a unique take on on what uh you're trying to show for dark fantasy i kind of dig it
2: thanks man i really appreciate that
0: so you guys both are all three of you we won't leave out our fallen comrade (laughs) you all work together at uh, fantasy flight huh On, on several projects
1: well, Jason and I were freelancers, whereas Ross was an uh, internal employee, so a little bit of a difference there. Okay. But, uh, yes,
0: absolutely. I'm in Minnesota. I've got a. I've had relationships in the past with people that work at Fantasy Flight, so that's always kind of interesting to. I don't. I don't know if we ever met Ross though. I actually. I,
2: I, I think I would have remembered if we had. I. I kind of. <laughs> I think we didn't, but.
0: No, because I. I've, I've even booth monkeyed for Fantasy Flight for many years back now, though. So. <laughs> That's interesting.
2: My, my tenure there was uh, 2008 to 2011, so it's probably likely that was after your time.
0: Kind of, though, one of the other things I found that I really liked about the page, again, refreshing myself today and looking through it, is that you guys actually have several really good, really solid IPs under your belt that you've uh, helped work on in the past. So you're not coming at you're, – you're, I mean – There's nothing wrong with – and obviously a lot of people do it on Kickstarter. There's nothing wrong with somebody coming up with a brand new idea that's brand new to the game and is trying to get their ideas out. But I've backed a lot of RPGs, and there are some of them that are like a year to two years later that I'm still waiting on. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm getting updates that like we're finally editing two (laughs) years later. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So that's – you know, so to me, looking at Accursed – That was something that instantly stood out to me. It's like, okay, well, these guys actually know the process, right? You guys understand what it takes to bring an RPG to production.
2: It was a struggle not to put from the minds that brought you Shadowrun, Warhammer (laughs) 40,000, and Star Wars, Edge of the Empire, into that video.
1: (laughs) Uh, One of the other things that's worth pointing out at that point is that, you know, talking about past kickstarters the fate core kickstarter just did something fantastic i thought and the fact that you know you signed up for the kickstarter and you could immediately grab the playtest draft of the game yes. and so we completely stole that idea from them, <laughs> which is why as soon as you make your pledge you can go and check out backer update number one and immediately grab the playtest draft of the cursed the player's guide portion
2: Nice. Yeah, the, the kinds of things you saw in other RPG Kickstarters are the same kinds of things we saw and, and debated about how best to avoid those kind of pitfalls. And one of those ways was to, to reassure people and show them that we are absolutely serious about getting this done is to have most of it done when the Kickstarter launched. And you can grab it right away as soon as you back the Kickstarter, you have instant access to that PDF. And it's over 100 pages long. It's the the full player's guide for the setting.
0: I like to talk to a lot of game designers. And like I said, a lot of who we've talked to have been board game designers or card game designers. Uh, but I, I'm i always interested in people's process and, and how they basically came to get the product to where it is and where they think, all right, let's put this on Kickstarter. So, Ross, Accursed is your baby, and uh, you brought it to uh these two people that you wanted to work with how did you go from that to hanging out in a bar saying hey let's do this to bringing it to up to being able to put it on kickstarter and thinking we've got a product now let's get it ready for the public what kind of processes do you usually use for something like that
2: well i don't want to downplay my own involvement but it's it's actually due a lot to the efforts of john and jason that this thing is is complete because the three of us have all taken big chunks of the setting and written it. My involvement at the very beginning was mostly to uh, do things like write the art descriptions for the cover and the uh, the interior art that we have up on the Kickstarter. I did the initial draft of the vision document and the the developer bible that we use to show other writers the things uh, what the setting is like, and just kind of overall, uh, you know, help guide the writing towards that same vision. John has taken a huge step forward on on the the project by being sort of the business guy behind everything. and He's always kept a great eye on the numbers and making sure we're doing things the right way. And then Jason, uh, as the lead writer, has uh, really stepped up to provide tons and tons of content for the book. So the three of us all have a defined role, but we all overlap with each other a lot. And in the end, the final product is the result of a lot of really hard work and a lot of skull sweat from the three of us. I'm, I'm very proud of it. I, I hope the other two guys are as well
0: you kind of mentioned something that again, I just find interesting. Uh, you know, if, if we're looking at, if I'm looking at say a board game, you know, you, the person has got their rules. They've got, they've got all the play testing stuff that they got to do, but on an RPG side, and I will be the first to admit that most people that listen know, or probably know that I'm a hobbyist game designer one and two, that I've worked on my own RPG setting in the background. So, you know, that, piece kind of is interesting to me too but it seems like you guys have a lot more work on the back end for a product because you know you talk about we you know having the designer bible and making sure that people that are going to write stories for this this book and whatnot understand the world the setting who's who all that stuff it seems like there's a lot of behind the scenes you know you're making the almanac almost for this so that it can, can it can move forward
2: yeah, the development of an RPG is, is a lot of work that a lot of people don't really understand. I kind of got my chops in this working at Fantasy Flight because I was in charge of the uh, Warhammer 40k roleplay line, which was four games by the time I left. So I had a pretty good understanding of what you need to do to get those things together. It's, it's, uh, what I like to call foundational documents, which is the, the basis of any intellectual properties is be able to explain to someone what that world is, what it's about, and how to take those themes and core ideas of that setting and then express them across all aspects of the setting, which includes the writing, it includes the artwork, it includes the graphic design. And and in a role-playing game, it absolutely includes the mechanics. I think we've been extremely successful at taking the core of what Accursed is all about and then communicating that to people through the visuals, through the game mechanics, and definitely through the writing of of the, uh, the description of the world.
1: Another element that's really important from an RPG's perspective that may not be as important for other types of games is that you're actually, the players and the game master are collaboratively, you know, creating a story that exploits that setting. So they really have to have a solid depth of it, especially the game master. If he's, you know, setting up the plot hooks and setting up the NPCs, that's all got to merge together nicely. And so one of the things that hasn't been shown yet is the game master material from the book that, you know, we're, we'll, finishing up now and continuing to develop as the Kickstarter progresses so that that'll be ready for a round of play test after the Kickstarter closes and available to everybody that backs
2: at the level that can access that too. Yeah, John brings up a great point. It's it's about a balance between you know giving the game master and the players enough material to work together to create a story, but not just overwhelm them with detail and, and definitely try and leave some spaces of the world open for them to develop uh, and, and tell their own stories as well.
0: I'm one of those GMs that always likes to uh, get my own stuff in there. So I always appreciate that extra room when it's available to me. One thing we haven't touched on yet is that the, I don't think we've touched on it. That is that this is actually going to be a RPG in the uh, Savage Worlds system. That's right. What went into the decision to do that versus trying to create a new RPG system?
1: So we've actually all kind of, Experimented with RPG system design and at the end of the day, designing an RPG system is really pretty time consuming. I mean, you can hash something out, you know, in a couple of weeks that is playable, but you need to do a whole lot more play testing and really broad scope work on creating a system. If you want something that's really flexible and is going to cover all the ins and outs of your system and really that's about a two year project and While we've got the chops to do that, we didn't really want to spend two years working on just that when we could be instead focusing on creating a setting that we really loved. So we said, hey, let's do the setting first. Let's focus on the setting. And then once we've got the setting set up to where we want it to be, let's take a look at systems. And after we had the setting, you know, we were about six, eight months into development. We started looking at game systems that were out there, game systems that had a freely available license. And it was really clear to us at that point that the heroic elements that we loved in Castlevania and Solomon Kane and Hellboy really shone through in Savage Worlds. That really set us up to be able to do something dramatic. And then they had the toolkits that were available. Uh, Shane and the people at Pinnacle are fantastically helpful and supportive of us. And uh, really just an opportunity to work with them and to engage their fan base, which is already out there, which is another major asset for using an existing game system. Uh, really provided us a whole lot of momentum coming into the
2: project. Yeah, Shane Hensley, the creator of Savage Worlds, the uh, lead guy at Pinnacle Entertainment Group and the creator of Deadlands, uh, has been a, a huge uh, cheerleader for our game. He's he's really uh, helping us out, and um, he's actually going to be writing the foreword for Accursed for the uh, final product. And We're all very, very pleased and proud to have his involvement.
0: Nice. Let's talk a little bit of the meat then for uh, Accursed here. So uh, give us the, the setting idea one more time.
2: So, Accursed is a world where the heroes are monsters that must team up together to fight off the evil that has conquered their land. It is a combination of Hellboy and Solomon Cain. It is a place where the curse that has transformed you into a monster is part of a design of these cruel beings known as witches that have conquered the land. And you, as an Accursed, as a monster that has, you know, been, as a tr- person has been transformed into a monster, You are a part of a group called the Order of the Penitent who seeks to throw off the, uh, the chains of, of servitude to the witches and restore the land's glory. And there's a lot of ways to do that, of course. Uh, we, we have left, you know, there, there's a lot of different opportunities to be a hero in, uh, Morden and in Accursed. Uh, but the core of the game is about you, you know, sort of be under, it's, it's a journey of, of, uh, of what it means to be a hero, especially when you're a monster and whether you, embrace the curse that gives you such power or try to break it and restore your human form. Those are all part of the the narrative for the character stories that are told in a cursive.
0: And this is, again, on the Savage Worlds system. You guys are on Kickstarter right now. I just want to make sure we point that out and that you are going until October 13th. And anybody listening now, I mean, uh, there's no, no worries here. They, they were looking for like $10,000, and they're fully funded and, and above and beyond that. You guys are, are hovering around 13000 I think, if I remember right. Right in that area? Right
1: around there. We've
2: yeah. got a 13,000 stretch pole that we're hoping we're going to yeah, cross real soon now. Okay. It's, it kind of feels like the sound barrier. We're hoping to break it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and again, the, the dark fantasy idea of playing monsters to take on monsters is a very interesting one that I really like. There's a heading for the hard copy. So right now, the all the pledge levels are PDFs. Is that correct? Is that what I'm seeing?
1: Well, essentially... All the pledge levels get access to PDFs and okay. some of the pledge levels have opportunities to do more with the PDFs. But everybody that backs at the $30 level and up also has access to a print on demand copy. And we're partnering with uh, RPG now slash drive through RPG, the same company, two different websites. Yep. And they offer print on demand services really pretty economically focused primarily on role playing game products. And they offer black and white. And a couple of different gradients of color based on the print quality and the paper quality, as well as softback and hardcover bindings, at very competitive rates. And so we're partnering with them, and everybody that backs at the $30 pledge level and above is going to be able to get print copies through Drive Through RPG at manufacturer's cost, and that's going to vary between about $5 and $15, depending upon the paper quality and binding quality that backers select.
2: So what John's saying is absolutely, if you want a print copy, you can get one. You just have to back it at the $30 level or above.
1: And the other nice thing that this does for anybody that backs at that level is they're dealing with a world-class print-on-demand service who also are professionally experienced at doing fulfillment, (laughs) something that some Kickstarters occasionally run into problems with. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to depend on somebody who's not a professional packager having a thousand books in his house, frantically going, <laughs> now what do
2: I do? Yeah, we were very careful we, every step of the way during the design of the Kickstarter. We kept in the forefront of our minds that we wanted to absolutely fulfill all of the pledges, all, all the, the promises that we made. We wanted to make sure that nobody walked away from the accursed Kickstarter thinking, man, I that was a waste of money. We looked at a bunch of other Kickstarters, like the ones that you've seen yourself, that have had issues with fulfillment and sending out copies of the book after they've they've completed and we said that's not going to be us and john has been uh, extremely smart about all the choices that that he presented to us and i think uh we, if it wasn't for john's help we wouldn't be nearly as successful as we are
0: one of the things i did want to talk to you guys about is looking over the kickstarter page i Really like the art style of the pictures that you're showing so far. So what went into choosing artists and, and how much information did you give them or for coming up with the art style for the book?
2: Well, I am also the art director for Accursed, so I'll be happy to there answer your know. question. <laughs> the artist that did the cover art and the, the artwork that's on the Kickstarter right now is a guy named Alberto Bontempi. He's an extremely talented guy from Italy. I've worked with him before on various uh, Warhammer 40K roleplay products. And I knew that his style and approach would be perfect for the type of artwork we wanted to get for Accursed. When we uh, came up with the art descriptions for each of the different witch breeds, which are the different types of Accursed, uh, things like mummies and dampier and and the Varder, which are our werewolves. When we came up with those art descriptions, we were very careful to uh, give him the freedom that he needed to do something cool and creative with it but also give him all the references and descriptive bits so that he was going to make something that we knew was going to fit with our overall tone. Uh I think it really comes through especially on the cover to show you that H- Accursed is is a realm where all the fairy tales went horribly wrong. And you can sort of see that that the the Accursed, these these monsters that ha- that are now fighting against evil that they have their work cut out for them it is uh it is a world where you know they have to uh, be strong even in the face of these horrible dangers and alberto's his composition and his use of color and his lighting i just i think he he nailed it
0: i really do like the the art that i see so far that you have on the uh, kickstarter page it's it like i said I, I i love the concept and the art sells it to me i just think you guys are doing a great job with with this particular concept so From what I gather, it's uh, is there, going into the, maybe the setting-ish kind of stuff, I mean, you're playing the Accursed, you're playing these kind of half-monsters dealing with witches, Uh, is there some uh, lashback from the general populace uh, on Accursed in the setting?
1: So the Accursed were the foot soldiers of the witches who invaded Morden, that's our game Mm -hmm. world, or the portion of the game world where the setting takes place. So The general populace views them as the enemy. I mean, they were the bad guys. They were the monsters that were ripping up the mortals in this world. So, yeah, people don't really like them all that much. But at the same time, they've committed these heinous acts under the direction of the witches. And now they finally have cast off some of those shackles and they have this opportunity to make their own choices. And so some of them are looking, yes, I am this hideous thing but perhaps if I follow the Order of the Penitent, I can help people and maybe redeem my soul. So the Order of the Penitent is associated with the Church of Morden, which is the Enochian faith, and they're basically sponsoring it, and they've said, yeah, your soul's pretty much damned, but you know what? Maybe if you do this stuff for us, maybe you might get out of it. And so one of the real central themes to the game is having the characters make the decision whether they want to embrace their curse and come into a greater power, become an even more horrifying monster, or if they want to try and deny the curse, recover some aspects of their humanity, but at the same time, surrender some of that power that might be needed to throw off the witches from
2: Morden. Morden's a big place. We have a lot of different nations and and different areas of, of Morden. And there are, you know, just like, just like the world, there are always different places where people are going to be more tolerated than others. So there are some cities in Morden where the accursed can sort of walk around openly, and that's fine. And there are other places where, you know, John was describing where they're they're hated and, and you know, stones are thrown at them and things like that. It just kind of depends on where you're at.
0: Hey, uh, I'm not going to scroll down the page, uh, but I'm going to get some breaking news here. Uh, what did I just unlock for the 13,000? Because I just pledged.
1: Woo-hoo, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy Chambers, who was one of the creatives behind the Warhammer 40K setting, will now be writing the introductory fiction for the game book. He's also written a number of novels and short stories for Black Library.
0: All right. So there you go. We we just un- we just unlocked that live, people.
2: Thank you very much, sir. And this is <laughs> awesome to be here when it happened. You hear that? That's the barrier breaking. <laughs>
0: It's happy to do it. Like I said, I, I, I really do. I I'm, I wish I had more time to art, to uh, role play and we're trying to get some in off and on. And we actually did a review. We got a review copy of Shadowrun 5th edition. So we did take a look at that here recently. But I still collect unique and good looking RPGs. And this is definitely qualifies for that. So I, I wanted to get in.
1: That's been one of our central goals is that we want it to be a high quality product. And that's why we're doing the Kickstarter. Really, is because we wanted to make sure that we could afford the artwork that we felt the setting justified.
2: Yeah, there's so a lot of thank independent you
1: for, uh, yeah.
2: endorsing. I was just gonna say, there's a lot of independent RPG companies out there that make books, and they, you know, quality tends to vary uh, depending on the amount of uh, budget that they're able to throw it at the product. And when we thought of a Cursed, and we decided, you know, we, we kind of realized what uh, how cool the idea was, and, and how, how cool we wanted to make it. We just didn't want to compromise on that, and that's part of the reason for the Kickstarter. Actually, it's a really big reason for the Kickstarter is that we needed to uh, get the funding to make the book as awesome as we all thought it could be.
0: So let's uh, let's dive into that a little bit right now. How important has Kickstarter been for your guys' decision to go forward with this?
1: It's quintessential. We could not do this project without Kickstarter because there is nobody that's going to give a small business loan to an RPG company. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, how much? Uh, what did you do leading up to your Kickstarter launch to prep for launching on Kickstarter? What kind of research or anything like that did you do?
1: So, I've, I've backed a fair number of projects. What about twenty-three prior to this? And I have looked at many, many more. I've done a lot of reading. I've belonged to a number of different groups and fora that discuss Kickstarters. And so analyzing, you know, lessons learned from previous ones has been a critical thing. And one of the most important things that I saw again and again was in addition to planning that you need to have a fan base going into the Kickstarter, that Kickstarter is not the place to create your fan base. You need to work to develop that in advance. And Ross, Jason, and I all have done some work. There are a few people out there who have heard our names associated with other game projects, but we felt that we really needed to have something for people to really sink their teeth into this first. And because of that, we launched our blog where we've been sharing information about the accursed setting. And we did that back at the start of June because we wanted to make sure we had three months for people to start really learning about the setting going forward before we even launched the Kickstarter, hoping that we could use that time to create that core Audience that we were hoping would bring more people into the Kickstarter. Even before launching the blog was also when we, you know, worked out a budget of how much money we could seed into it to do things like get art, uh, cover some promotional expenses, that sort of thing, and got that money together and made those commitments and handled the contracting so that we had uh, Kevin Childress online to design our logo and our book's interior graphic layout. We had Alberto Bontempi on on board to do the cover artwork and a few interior preview pieces that we could use for the Kickstarter and its promotion. And that we had uh, Jeff Preston lined up to do that map that you can see at the start of the Kickstarter too. We needed to have all that in place before we felt that we would really be ready to launch the Kickstarter. And then because we were doing a game about monsters, we also had to look at the calendar and go, Hey, when is the first Friday the 13th in 2013?
0: Yeah, that's can right. Actually, that's right.
2: You can find our blog online at uh, www.accursedrpg.com, and you can read all about the setting there. Because, as John says, we have put up quite a few posts, kind of detailing what the setting is about, uh, the different nations, areas, monsters, uh, things like that. It's it's a great place to go if you're at all curious about what Accursed is is like.
0: And we will, of course, uh, include those links in the show notes like we always do. So uh, you can always hit up our show notes and check out the links to uh, the blog and to the Kickstarter.
2: I have a lot of contacts in the gaming industry from my time on, on various projects. And I, I kind of went, went around and, and reached out to these people who were not only friends of mine, but colleagues from previous projects. Some of them who had their own Kickstarters going as well, like Primeval Thule from uh, Rich Baker and Steve Schubert and uh, Dave Noonan and Tar, which is a fantasy setting uh, by Sean Patrick Fannon, And both of them wanted to work with us in sort of an, ex- in an exchange program. So we ended up writing, the three of us are actually writing a stretch goal for each of those two Kickstarters, and those guys are writing stretch goals for us. So it didn't take long, actually, to round up some really exciting names on the stretch goal list. Uh, we got, of course, Shane Hensley, um, Adam Jury, who people may know from Eclipse Phase, Colin McComb, and Chris Avalone who are well-known for working on uh, Planescape Torment, uh, Fallout New Vegas, and quite a few other people actually were uh, very gracious and generous to sign up with us and, and offer to do stretch goals for us. The next step up is actually a, a novella by Mel Odom, who's a best-selling author for uh, various uh, projects. He's written books for Shadowrun, for example, um, nice. and Forgotten Realms. After that is the uh, the level where we get all those those uh, other great guys to come in and write some uh, some adventures for us and things like that. So yeah the working with the stretch goals has been uh, again it's it's always great to see the amount of support and and help and generosity in the gaming community uh, from other professionals. So if any of those guys are listening thank you very much for being part of it.
0: So you uh, mentioned and you actually talked about something that we've been kind of stressing off and on recently. It's been a a recent topic that's come up quite a bit. But building your fan base before your Kickstarter ever launches (laughs) is extremely important. And uh, people are finally starting to kind of catch on to that. Uh, You said you launched the blog and you tried to give yourself three months time. Looking back now, was that enough time?
1: there's no such thing as enough time to develop a fan base i mean if we could have done it three years ago that would have been fantastic but you have to balance you know how much content can we put out there and still have new content for a book in the size frame
2: that we want to do and also you know we're not the most patient people yeah we we put us a a bunch of time you know we we kind of started this i think about a year ago and we thought at the time, boy, that's a long time till the Kickstarter. But even though, even though we had budgeted all those all those weeks and months to get this thing off the ground, I think even though, even then, we felt a little uh, squeezed here and there for time on this Kickstarter. So, yeah, absolutely, you can never start too early.
0: And then project crossovers are something that's coming up quite a bit recently too. And uh, I I think that is a a great idea. And you guys have seemed to leverage that very successfully. Then uh, with two other rpgs and and cross writing is that something that you would encourage other projects to seek out Uh, i mean obviously not necessarily the same way you did but if there is that crossover opportunity is that something that you would encourage
1: i would absolutely encourage it because one of the big things that you're looking at at that point is people that are backing kickstarters are people who are likely
2: to back kickstarters Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's your core audience right there absolutely and we were lucky in that the guys who wanted to work with us were actually doing, you know, very similar approaches in terms of genre. Uh, Primeval Thule is a sort of uh, Conan meets Cthulhu fantasy, so it's dark fantasy. And Shintar, which is not dark fantasy, it's epic fantasy, but it still has elements that are uh, absolutely appropriate to uh, Accursed. So, you know, you can write things that are actually uh, a good fit for all three of those settings uh, with the same group of guys.
0: What are the plans going forward for Accursed? Since uh, we are obviously going to get this, do do you guys have a uh, longer term plan for supplements or anything already?
1: It's gonna kind of, ultimately. It depends upon how the continued Kickstarter response goes. We have stuff mapped out for us for stretch goals out to about hundred thousand dollars we don't expect to achieve all of them. It would really be cool, but we <laughs> try to keep our expectations reasonable. And, you know, that comes back to planning. We want to plan for every eventuality. So that's just a matter of looking at that. And then based on our response and what kind of sales numbers we see after the Kickstarter closes, when the product's actually up for sale on its own, we've got to gauge uh, what we can do based on what the community wants. If we see that we're selling, you know, 500 or a thousand copies of stuff that we're going to be pushing more support than we will if we don't see that. And it's got to be gauged because the mantra about how you make a small fortune in the gaming industry is to start with a large fortune. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the short answer is check back with us after October 13th. Uh, we Absolutely. are definitely excited about doing you know more accursed things. We have like lots of things that we'd love to do with it. It's just going to depend on whether the community really wants that, you know, is excited for it and wants to see more of it. Because we, we will meet that demand, absolutely.
0: So you guys are, are developing this game, and it's, uh, it's going to be made. Are you guys still playing RPGs that often? Do you absolutely. get a chance to?
2: Every week. God, you guys
0: suck. <laughs> in, a, in a good way, but you suck.
2: I
1: actually uh, ran a demo for of Accursed last night at the <laughs> local game shop.
0: All right, so other than Accursed, uh, start, let's start with you, John. what What's your favorite RPG? What do you uh, well, play? Well,
1: my favorite RPG of all time is Torg, which is a West oh, End nice, cross-genre nice. game. And actually, uh, a lot of the ideas that were developed in that kind of rolled into Savage Worlds, which does make me a little biased towards really digging Savage Worlds too. <laughs> but what I'm currently playing is in an Exalted First Edition game that a buddy of mine is running. Nice.
2: Nice. Ross? Well, asking me what my favorite RPG is like is sort of asking a father which of his kids does he love the most. <laughs> uh, I have a lot that I really, really like. If, if you you know absolutely nailed me down and said I had to pick one, I, I guess uh, one of my favorite games is the, uh, the Champions game, the hero system. I just adore the uh, sort of tinkering around with, with characters and being able to build exactly what I want to build. Most recently, I've been playing a Shadowrun 4th Edition uh, campaign with uh, several of my friends here in Austin, Texas. And uh, it was just incredibly awesome to uh, to kind of uh, go full pink mohawk and mirror shades (laughs) in in those games.
0: Do you guys have a favorite genre that you like to play in?
2: Gosh, uh, probably not. I mean, (laughs) I play everything from superheroes to cyberpunk thieves to, you know, heroic uh, knights uh, fighting dragons. So I guess I kind of love them all.
1: And I'm really kind of a kitchen sink guy. Uh, Like I said, with Torg is a big cross genre game. And I really dig that. I like Shadowrun for the same reason.
0: I am very envious of you guys right now. I really, I really wish I could uh, do a full time. We, we actually just, we took a month to find one day in a month that we could all get together. And two of us had to bail because of work.
2: (laughs) You know, that's a bummer. When you should uh, look into Skype, there's a lot of options these days to play online and you don't have to actually, uh, get all together in the same place, which makes it a lot easier. And there's, uh, of course, you know, different groups that meet from all across the nation, and they'll get together on one night and just sort of play over Skype. So and it's something there, to consider.
1: There was actually a really cool Kickstarter that just closed for a 3D gaming table, which I'm sure will be uh, available
2: beyond the Kickstarter very soon. <laughs> uh, even here on Google+, there are several groups that get together and play uh, mm-hmm. different games role playing game. So, you know, if I encourage people like you <laughs> to definitely go out and look on the internet and find uh find a group that you can join if you're really excited about doing it, I think you can make it happen.
0: You know, what? I I'm going to backtrack for a second. I actually have a question for you guys. Uh back to kind of the uh maybe in the design process element. I know what it takes as far as play testing a lot for board games, and I've done blind play tests for some of my own stuff and I've given feedback on other people's stuff. What's the process for you guys to play test for an RPG,
1: though? So it kind of depends on how much you have to play test, and that's one of the real reasons why I said creating your own system is like a two-year process, whereas leveraging somebody else's cuts down on that time a lot.
0: I get you because, yeah, I, I am in the process of designing my own, and that's, yeah, the play test has been,
1: it's been At, slow. Right, so you need to run the game yourself with people you know, and you need to do that to death. And then you need to run it with people you don't know and you need to do that to death. And that usually involves, you know, game store demos, conventions, and every other opportunity where you can get four guys to sit down for four hours. And, you know, that's pretty much the same as with a board game, except it takes long the most
2: part. Judging the feedback is really the next step.
0: Do you guys usually do like uh, specific feedback forms or do you are direct questions or you just kind of open it up to any type of feedback you get and, and go from there?
1: For the first tier... Of playtesting, we really like to ask specific questions. You know, did this mechanic that we were really trying to test today work the way we intended or not? As we're going through the Kickstarter, though, we're trying to exploit the number of people that are looking at the Kickstarter and seeing the playtest packet by saying, Hey, guys, this is a playtest packet. If you have feedback on any element of it, please give it to us so that we can consider that and make revisions that seem necessary before we go to the actual final PDF that we're distributing and sending off to the print on demand source.
0: So for your first tier, is that all pretty much uh, localized? I mean, people you know, and uh, or do you have kind of groups spread out that you've worked with and you send like a PDF to and say, okay, uh, here's the next round?
2: Uh, really a bit of both. Okay. I've been running, you know, play tests here with my local group, and there's, you know, a lot of people sort of around the world who've been looking at it and providing some really great feedback, actually, on things that we need to, uh, you know, to to help polish the game. Um, there was a recent actual play by the Roleplay DNA guys and the uh, Smiling Jacks Tavern, which are both big uh, Savage Worlds groups, podcasts, and, uh, you know, they gave us some really excellent feedback from from their
0: game, as an example. Well, you know, if you guys are looking to play test in Minnesota, I might know somewhere. I'm just saying, I just might might be able to hook you up with a, with at least. Well, at least now that
2: you're a backer, you have access to the <laughs> player's guide. You are more than welcome to uh, to take it and, and you know see what you can do with it, and uh, absolutely let us know what you think and let us know what you can break.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I've got I've got some guys. <laughs> I've got some guys I can put on that. <laughs> All right. We're getting close to our hour-ish mark here. So let's uh, go with, uh, we we covered a few really good Kickstarter lessons, but do you have any lessons that you've learned from Kickstarter that you'd like to share, especially now that you actually have launched and have been going for a little while?
1: Staring at KickTrack too long will make you completely
0: (laughs) insane. Is your refresh key broken yet? (laughs)
1: On more than one computer, yes. (laughs) Uh. The biggest thing is, you know, don't let yourself get too high or too low on any of it because the first days, weeks are really not a strong indication of where anything's going to end up. That becomes abundantly clear as every day progresses. Yeah,
2: it's not how you start. It's how you finish.
0: And is there anything that you would like to uh, leave our listeners with about Accursed before uh, we wrap up?
2: Uh, we want uh, all of you guys who are interested in the idea of playing monsters to come out and check us out. We are a game where you get to play as Frankenstein's monster, as a werewolf, as a mummy. You get to fight witches. You get to destroy evil. You get to use monstrous powers and alchemy and witchcraft and, you know, thrust your torch into the the dark opening of the tower and go inside with your silver bayoneted musket ready to uh, <laughs> fight off the witch's banes. That is what a curse is all about, and we hope you'll join us on this journey to uh, break your own curse and find out what that means. We're really excited about making this game. We think it can
1: be something really fantastically special, and we are thrilled by the outpouring of support that we've received so far in the Kickstarter, and we're really left wondering where it's going to go in the end, and we're really excited to see how that happens. So thank you so much for your support, and thank you so much for giving us a chance to chat about the game. It's been a real pleasure
0: being on the show. Oh, it's been awesome having you guys on. This has been a blast. Uh, So Accursed, the RPG, dark fantasy game uh, in the Savage World setting is on Kickstarter right now goes until october 13th 2013 of course if you're listening to this next year you missed it but you can probably hopefully find it in a store by now they were looking for ten thousand dollars they have over thirteen thousand i don't know how that happened but it happened at some point during this uh, recording
2: (laughs) happened right here in this recording
0: (laughs) so it is successfully funded at this point it and uh it can only get better from here stretch goals are happening as we speak. So go check it out, guys. Thanks a lot for hanging out with me.
1: Thank you so much. Thank
2: you, sir.